Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians, that would be, you know, myself and uh, everybody who's with me here today, uh, dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. Thanks so much for watching us or listening to us today. My name is Bruce Johnson. I'm joined here in the wonderful state of South Dakota with my good friend Joseph Lasseter. Hello. We're also you didn't do the you didn't do the, oh, the you, hello. There it is. Oh, okay. The people want the hello. They need the okay. they need that. Okay. Hello. <laughs> that's how they that's how they wake up in the morning, Joe. They need that hello. Uh, we're also joined by my brother Jacob Johnson, back in Pennsylvania. Hello, everyone. Yeah, there it is. There's Jake's. There's his customary hello. Um, thanks so much for watching. Don't forget you can share this show with as many people as you possibly can or, or want to um we certainly love it if you could share it with everybody you know but uh i guess that's not technically feasible or so i'm told i don't know um go to trdshow.net grab that link share it with all the people that you think would want to hear us and some people that maybe wouldn't but need to uh hey you know I just, <laughs> how's that is that I just can had, i say that is that okay okay yeah jake's had, nodding yeah. over there thanks jake i had the weirdest idea yeah what well, if somebody was able or a co-worker at walmart was able to play this on the speaker. Oh, loudspeakers! That would be cool. Walmart. Okay, oh, well, maybe not Walmart because they have horrible speakers. Oh, they but. do. That's true. Our to our voices would sound totally different. Um, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We would love to hear your thoughts. Um, and if you think we're you know we laugh too much, then you can tell us that. But we're just gonna promptly respond with a laughing emoji, and you know you'll just have to deal with it. So, um, but. We have a lot to talk about today. We read God and Government Volume 2 by Gary DeMar, and we read Chapter 7. We didn't read the whole volume, too. 17. Which would have been interesting. Chapter 17, if you're, you know, the big volume like this guy over here. But um, Chapter 7 in Volume 2. So we've got a lot to talk about. Biblical economics. What does the Bible say about economics? And it says, believe me, it says a lot. But before we get into that awesome discussion, we have to talk about the verse of the week. And I'm going to pass it on over to Jake to do just that. Alrighty, our verse for this week can be found in Proverbs 11.1, which reads, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. And again, that is Proverbs 11.1. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jake. Yeah, so we're going to be breaking that down, actually, that whole concept of a just weight and a, a false balance all of that we're gonna be breaking that down today so definitely start thinking about that um and keep that verse in mind because when we're talking about this what we're actually talking about is theft right so we're literally talking about breaking one of the ten commandments here if you have a just if you have an unjust weight a false balance this is really important stuff that we have to remember all right so move it into the literature of the month again chapter seven of God and Government by Gary DeMar, Volume 2. The first thing we're going to talk about, and I'd love to chat with you guys about, you know, there is no neutrality. This is the first place Gary DeMar went in this chapter. I mean, laying it all out there, this is really important. Christ is king over all. I'm just going to start out with a quote from page 331 and then open up the floor. We'll take it from there. So Gary DeMar said, economics deals with relationships, the exchange of goods, just weights and measures, just business dealings, contracts, investments, future planning, and charity. To say, therefore, that economic matters should be evaluated from a neutral premise is to say that God is not concerned about the economic ordering of society, end quote. So what do you guys think about that? You got any quotes to add to that discussion? Uh, I actually, I kind of have that exact quote. 
But I, right. I begin from a different place. Cool. Take um, it away. From he he says at the beginning there must be a standard. Um, yeah, and this is a little weird. There must be a standard. <laughs> Will that standard be according to man and his word, mm. or according to God and his word? Yes. There is no third way to say. Therefore. The economic matter should be evaluated from a neutral premise mm. is to say that God is not concerned with the economic ordering of society. Yep. And I mean, that's, that's going into almost any single topic, right? Yeah, To say that, um, that a matter uh, should, should be evaluated from a neutral premise is, again, to say that God is not concerned with yes. that, yeah. whatever that issue or topic is. Right? Yep, so, yep. Yeah, and I mean, just piggybacking off of that, it's a really short quote, which is why I'm going to throw it in because I really want to hear from Joe. <laughs> but I think this quote is really pertinent. Um, from page 333, um, Gary DeMar said, The Christian is called to a dominion task, bringing every area of life in submission to Jesus Christ and his commandments. And he listed several passages here. They're all up on screen, but I'll say them out loud for our podcast listeners. Uh, Genesis 1, 26 and 28. Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, and 2 Corinthians 10, verses 5 through 6. So the Christian is called to a dominion task, right? Bringing everything in life, every area of society in submission to Christ. And given the definition we just heard earlier, economics is a huge, like, very all-encompassing topic that encompasses a lot of different things. So to say that, you know, economics shouldn't be talked about from a biblical perspective is just, it's pure insanity. So... Mm-hmm. Go, uh, yeah, and, and oh, actually, yeah. Go ahead. real quick, to continue, because you just brought up that quote, to continue <laughs> that quote, it goes even further and says, this dominion task cannot be accomplished without involvement in our world, including its economic affairs. Mm. So, again, in this dominion task, we need to still be involved in the world, and that includes, again, yep. economic affairs. Yeah, right. and so. I'm going to piggyback off of that as well. <laughs> I had another <laughs> quote, and it's short. I'm so sorry, Joe. You know you said I'm gonna, that last time. You know what? Go ahead. What do you got? Interject. I don't want to cut you off. I was going to really piggyback off of y'all's first quotes, cool. and I really decided just to take out and look at the question of, will the standard be according to man or mm. and his word or according to God's? Mm. And yeah. and then a little bit later on, on page 331, um, there, there's another quote that the humanist, the humanists does not want to be confronted with absolutes. His economics uh, system is designed to serve himself. Mm. And it, it really shows how those who are unbelievers really want to just have wealth and glory and yep. they really don't care. And it, we really need to be focusing on what is God's standard of, of economic. I mean, we really should be tithing our 10% like we studied two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. that's one of the main things that came out into my mind. Also with, with the, the second quote, the humanist uh, does not want to be confronted with absolutes. It really also reminds me that this isn't. Uh, this is the he- uh, This is the unbelievers' heaven. This is hell for mm. us. The this will be the best life that they will ever get. So obviously they don't want to be confronted with af- absolutes because this is going to be their. Heaven. They want to do it their way before mm-hmm. they die. Yeah, because all they're left with is yeah. a fiery expectation of hell. Yeah, fame and glory yeah. here, and then they can burn for eternal in, yeah. or eternity in hell. Yeah. That's a sobering so, thought. Yeah, it is absolutely. Very much. Yeah, good point. Very good point. And, you know, 
tying off of that as well. I'm going to piggyback off of that. And it's a little looser, but I think it still applies. You know, this is the same sort of thing. What I'm about to read is the same sort of thing when we talk about politics and when we talk about lots of other things as well, and particularly freedom and liberty and those ideas, Republican ideas of freedom and liberty, right? Okay. This is a, a quote from page 336. You know, Gary DeMar said, Christians must beware of those who want to create a free market without the unchanging economic laws of God that really govern our freedom, end quote. Mm. So freedom is not possible without God, mm-hmm. right? It's right. not possible without us actually following his biblical laws and doing it his way, which if we try to take those things, those principles, and not give God the glory, which is what those principles are supposed to be used for, we're doing it wrong, mm-hmm. right? All of this is for God's glory, for the glory of God. And if we try and take these economic laws, or if we just assume that we came up with them ourselves, and I mean, that's the whole, I, I'm kind of against, you know, the term conservative means we're conserving our traditions. It means we're looking at history and we're conserving the things that we like and that we're like, well, that made a lot of sense. Uh, that's a traditional value. We're going to conserve it. It's the juxtaposition of that is the liberals, they want all new. They're progressive. Well, that's what they think, but they're actually repeating the same mistakes that have been done countless times throughout history and have caused entire nations to collapse because of it. Look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah and Rome and all of that, right? So this is there's nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before. But they think they're being progressive. They think they're making progress and doing new things. And the opposite of that from the other perspective is that conservatives think, wow, we're not doing that. We're going to hold on to values that we think are yeah. good. But the issue with that is they're holding on to values without knowing why they're holding on to those values. They think, oh, these are great values. We, man came up with them. We just like the way we think that they give you success. They're attributing success to the wrong thing. It's not that these values give you success, which they do. It's that it comes from God. God is the giver of success and wealth and prosperity, right? And we're going to be discussing that a little bit more later on. So uh, going off of that kind of... um, I have another quote which kind of ties into that and I will I will make the the connection after I say it but the quote is the bible however makes no dis- no such distinction material things are not evil in themselves yes material things are not evil rather sinful man's use of what is created can be sinful yep so this ties in um because if you look at okay let's take the free market system like Bruce was saying by on its own, it is not evil. It's just how you use it, right? Hmm. So, but okay, but using it, right? And we're always using the free. If you if you have the free market system, you're using it, yeah. right? A human, you're benefiting and a from A person it. is using it, right? So then it can be considered wrong, right? Or right if we're using it in a biblical way. Um, so. When it, when it comes to concepts like that and systems like that, they're always kind of in use, right? However, the free market system by itself, without anybody using it, oh, yeah, that's that's neutral, right? But, and... It, it sort of is, but it sort of isn't because the free market system, that principle, that set of guidelines that allows you to have that is the outpouring of biblical principles of civil government, right? What sets this free market system apart from communism or liberalism, for instance? Well, 
it's that mainly, primarily, there are lots of differences, but primarily the difference is that the civil government is not involved in the economic runnings of society, right? The civil government is not the one um, creating, you know, uh, artificial raises and different things and changing, you know, interest rates and all of that garbage, yeah. getting their fingers and slimy tentacles involved where they shouldn't be involved at all. There's a right. justice division of society. They're not, their job is not infrastructure. It's not economic uh, health. That's none of their business. They shouldn't be doing any yeah. of that. Right. But, and again, that's the influence of sinful man, right? Yep. That's, yep. that's when sinful man starts changing and messing yes. with it and using it and, yes. you know, working inside of it right and so when you have civil government in its box that takes restraint that takes the holy spirit restraining those people and keeping them accountable to the word of god right because it's easy it's it's it feels like it's easier for us as a society to let the civil government do all of these things for us because now ah, we don't have to do as much work seemingly on the outside right that's not a natural thing for us to say we should have limited government, we should have limited structures, all of this kind of stuff. That's not natural, but it needs to come from God, right? That's that's why this is not a neutral matter. This is literally a spiritual, this is a spiritual battle. This is spiritual warfare. So, um, all yeah, right. Well, and that's why it's a little bit harder to equate it to concepts than it is talking about material things. Because in material thing, and, and this is, going into kind of segueing into our next point um is talking about wealth right the, let, let's look at money money on its own is neutral right it's just how we use that money right you can't look at money and point at it and say that's evil mm. you can say that if someone uses it for their own gain yes then that or they're using it for um, wrong things, then yes, that, that is evil. But then that money can also be used for things which further God's kingdom, and that yep. would that we would say is good. Yep. So it, it does become a little bit harder, that discussion, when we try and <clears throat> apply it to concepts rather than just material things. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I have a quote that I believe sums up the biblical position of economics quite succinctly given how vast of a topic this is it's a big quote but that's because there's so much to talk about when it comes to economics and, and scriptural passages so okay biblical economics and justice how does that relate so this is a quote from uh, gary demar from page 334 where he says how can civil governments be prevented from inflating the money supply without laws to protect against debasement of currency you shall have, and then he quotes, uh, let's see, this is Leviticus 19.36, he's quoting, you shall have just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hin. So that's uh, Leviticus 19.36. How can lawful trade take place if there are no laws to protect the poor, the consumer, and the businessman? If at will, the bushel can be made smaller and the shekel bigger. And that's uh, from Amos chapter 8, verse 5. How can present-day civil governments in the name of social justice be prepared prohibited from stealing from the rich in order to supply the needs of the poor. And then he quotes Leviticus 19:15 which says you shall not do uh, you should not do injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor nor defer to the great, but you are to judge your neighbor fairly. End quote. So, all of this is talking about how um, economics relates to 
justice and how economics when we're talking about these sorts of things is actually more of a justice discussion and talking about when we're talking you know the verse this week is uh was that proverbs 11 verse 1 where we're talking about just weights and and all of that which plays into this perfectly right this is this kind of comes down to a matter of justice because as i mentioned earlier if it's not a just weight it's theft you're stealing from people um anything you guys want to add to that conversation the only thing I wanted to make mention is, since we brought up history, kind of, uh, but uh, originally when I, I believe it was when our founding fathers found our country, we everything that we had, it was based on a gold amount. So mm, whatever our, our dollars were, yep. we had that backed up by by gold. And, and our, we didn't have a stock market. It was just this is how much money we have. We yep. have this backed up by gold, and it doesn't change. And, and I think it's ever since the stock market, maybe even beforehand, then the government got us, or I think it's the government that gets to say, okay, now we're going to change the value of the dollar today yep. or tomorrow where it's going to be even higher. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that ties in really nicely. There's a quote from page 348 where um, Gary DeMar is actually quoting a guy by the name of Chilton. It's his last name. He wrote a book called Productive Christians in an Age of Guilt Manipulators, <laughs> which Ooh. sounds really interesting and we might have to read that sometime. Um, but his quote was, in the Bible, money is always gold and silver. Money makes exchange much easier because people can trade their goods for money and use the money to buy other things they want, end quote. Um and then, you know, another quote that I'll just add so we can discuss it is from page 348. Um, Gary DeMar said, it's easier to carry coinage than to haul a ton of grain, right? So it's easier to carry money than to, you know, have a whole bunch of grain with you to trade with people. Mm -hmm. This allows the consumer to exchange his gold or silver for needed commodities without having to find individuals who need the only commodity he has to sell, right? So if I need, you know... I need a cow from you and I have, you know, it's like, oh, great. You know, I can build you a website. Well, how does that help me? I don't need a website. Well, I need your cow, but I don't need your website. So now we have to figure out something that you'd need that I have and you know, figure all mm -hmm. that out. So, so money um, allows that to be a lot easier. Um, and just like Joe was saying, it should be based on something that is not uh, relative and is completely just up to the civil government somebody one person in power or a host of people in power who get to decide how much it's worth at any given moment right which they do by inflation they either inflate the market and make the dollar less or they do other things to somehow change it and make it worth more which generally doesn't happen so <laughs> um so yeah and with that also being said i wanted to make uh make mention i think it was i can't remember where it is uh, I'll look at that up in a minute, but in Deuteronomy, it it states that for people who had to walk very far from the tabernacle, they had to travel a day or two to get to the tabernacle. Mm, yeah, tabernacle. I can't word today. Um, <laughs> they had they were they uh, they were told that they can sell their possessions, and then they can go over to the tabernacle, and then they can buy their possessions their their ten. 10% uh, to to give at the tabernacle hmm. yeah. as their tithe. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. I'll look that up in a that's minute. That's a good point. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Definitely look that up. Love to hear more about that for sure. Um, 
All right. Well, I'm going to kind of move on to the next topic that Gary DeMar listed. And his topic header was, what is wealth? Like, what is this wealth thing that we're talking about? Um, page 336, Gary DeMar said, wealth is an accumulation of what God values. Um, then he kind of built on that with three different points. And I'm just going to list out some of those. But before I do, Jake, is there anything that you would like to add? Or do you want to talk about some of those points? Yeah, so I, I do have I have these written down as well cool. as quotes. Go for um, it. Maybe I'll I'll do the first, then then we can talk about it. You go over the second, and then sounds good. From there, <laughs> but um yeah. So the first quote that I have, and this is even a little bit before he brings up the first point, is the Christian may value some of his works, which are in reality worthless. Mm. Wealth, therefore, therefore, must be evaluated in terms of God's word. Mm. Wealth is described in a number of ways. First, the Bible tells us that there is a spiritual wealth that will follow the Christian beyond the, beyond the grave if he forsakes his sin and unconditionally surrenders himself to the lordship of Jesus Christ. And, I mean... Yeah, that again. That comes from Matthew, right? We're we're not storing up treasures here on earth, but storing up treasures in heaven. Mm. And that that that's where we can sort of find that in the Bible and, and in Scripture that right. we need to be storing up wealth in heaven. And yeah. the next question is, well, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, and that's a really good point. And I think a lot of people tend to focus on the whole "don't store up treasures here on earth." And they, they think that that's, that's it, that that's the whole thing, right? But what did Christ say when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these? And then what did he say after that? He said, all these things will be added unto you, right? Yeah. So um, Gary DeMar spent a lot of time in this chapter talking about how wealth is not a bad thing. Having material good things that God has given you as a blessing is not a bad thing, but hopefully we'll have time at the end. I want to get to, he gave a warning about how maybe that wealth is actually people have a tendency to think that, oh, now I'm self-reliant. You know, I'm I'm independent now because I have this wealth instead of realizing that the wealth is coming from God, right? But it's what we do with our wealth that matters. <clears throat> the wealth itself is not a bad thing. And Jake was addressing this earlier, you know? The wealth itself is not a bad thing. It's what we do with that wealth that's the most important, that's the important thing, right? So... And also, we are told that it's important that we pass an inheritance to our children, right? That's actually commanded in Scripture. That's something that we need to be working towards. So, well, I'm sure we're going to address that um, later as well. Oh, but yeah, yeah. That, that inheritance. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, you know, the, the second thing that Gary DeMar listed as wealth is he said, second, King Solomon considered an understanding heart or wisdom to judge the people as an accumulation of great wealth that would serve him and the nation well. And that's from first Kings three, nine. So wisdom, the ability to judge the people well, um, is kind of an accumulation of great wealth as well, which I thought was, was really interesting. So, you know, he also said on page three thirty nine that wisdom is considered a precious commodity. And then he quotes Proverbs two, two and three fifteen. make your ear attentive to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding because she is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares with her. So wisdom is pretty darn important. <laughs> like we, and God considers that a form of wealth as well. Mm-hmm. 
Joe, yeah. you look like you have something to add. Oh, I just found <laughs> found that Bible verse. So, oh, if cool. you wanted me yeah. to read, go for it. I will read the entire section because it's there. There's so much involved in that. All if, right, if you don't mind. Yeah, go for it. All right, and this is Deuteronomy fourteen twenty two. I think I said it right. Yep. And, and is this the King James? And this is New. I can go New to King, King James. James if you want. Oh, I'm. I was just asking. <laughs> all right. New King James, uh, 22 through 27. It, all right. It talks all about taxation. All right. Tithing, not taxation. Um, <laughs> you shall truly tithe all your increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain, your new wine, and your oil of your firstborn, of your herds, and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. But if the journey is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall sell, uh, you shall exchange it for money, take the money in your hand, and go to the place where the Lord your God chooses." And you shall spend that money for whatever your hearts desire, for oxen or sheep, for wine or similar drink, for whatever your heart desires. You shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. Mm. You shall take. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gate, for he is no part nor inheritance with you. Inheritance with you. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. was just the. That's really interesting. Yeah, thank you for sharing. So I think, you know, one takeaway, at least from that verse that I'm getting, is that money is not necessarily wrong. You know, mm -hmm. money is not an evil. Um, it is something that can be used for God's glory. It, it has that ability. It makes it so you don't have to travel yes. super far with a whole yep. lot of yep. cattle. <laughs> yep, for sure, for sure. So we got about five minutes left, so I'm just going to read off the third. Um, I'm going to read off the third. Uh, definition of wealth that Gary DeMar has listed. And then I'm actually going to skip a few um, chapter or skip a few sections. Go to, I'm going to go to the purpose of wealth and then I'm going to give the warning of wealth. Okay. And I think we'll wrap things up. So, um, okay. So the third definition of wealth, according to Gary DeMar is from page 339. He said, third, material wealth also comes from the hand of God. The Bible does not denigrate the rich. Rather, it rebukes those who abuse and distort God's good gift of wealth. So, Again, reinforcing what we've been saying this whole time, wealth is not evil as long as it's used for the glory of God, which takes us right into the purpose of wealth, which was one of Gary DeMar's topics. And, you know, Jake, did you have that quote from 343 or did you want me to read that and go through it? 343. Yeah. <laughs> I can always um, pull that up too. Um, it was really interesting. And, you know, he was talking about what, what can wealth actually be used for. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, and read through it. So page 343, it's a bit of a longer one, but it's really good. Wealth is simply a tool for expanding productivity. So the work of God's kingdom can flourish. This means that riches not to, uh, that riches not put to use or invested are not really wealth. The farmer who does not use his land to produce crops is not wealthy. The master craftsman whose tools lie idle is sinning before God because he is squandering the potential for wealth that could be used in the extension of the kingdom. And then he quotes, uh, let's see, Matthew 25, 29, and then Luke 
1248. So he says, for to everyone who has, um, who has shall more be given and he shall have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have will be taken away. And for everyone who has been, uh, for everyone who has been given much, much shall be required. And to whom they entrust much of him, they will ask all the more. So basically yeah. go, go ahead, Jake. Um, I, I do have, I have another quote in before you go into what you're going to talk about. I'm just going to give this quote real quick because it, it does talk about this topic as well. Go for it. And it says, those who are given understanding, ability, goods, money, authority, or fame have a responsibility that the less favored do not bear. Failure to fulfill it produces fearful punishment. So basically saying those who are given more are required to um to fulfill it right mm. and as this quote says so even us being blessed with wealth does not mean that oh i can sit back i can do whatever i want with this wealth no no god is giving it to you giving it to for you a for purpose. a reason you're, yeah. you're required to therefore give more yep to yep. to the right things yeah. right to whom much is given much will be expected right. yeah Yep, absolutely. And that comes from the parable of the talents as well. Mm, yeah. Yeah, very good. Cool. Well, we don't have a lot of time to discuss much else. So, Joe, any final remarks from you? My final remark is, and it's kind of a quote from page 344, and I think it was Gary DeMar. Maybe it was somebody else. Maybe it was Gary DeMar quoting somebody. But they asked the question, where are our Christian orphanages? Oh, yes. I love and this. And I was really wanting to hone in on this <clears throat> because our, our tithes, uh, especially if everybody is tithing, um, really should be going for the Christian orphanages. Yep. And here, Christian schools, especially for the deaf and blind, and just anybody who does need um, assistance, financial aid, so forth and so on, handicapped people, we need to have those Christian organization slash um oh what what's what i'm missing a term right now but help help not help care centers but um i get you people to, to help those who are in need yep yep absolutely we we definitely need more of those and for the church to take on those responsibilities that the state has given to itself which is not its job so i think awesome I think our churches should open up a organiza organization of suicide prevention. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting thought. We might have to do a deep dive on that. Discuss that sometime. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to wrap things up. This has been good. I mean, we only got to about half of what was discussed in that chapter. It was such a good chapter, but time constraints, you know, that's how things work. So thank you all so, so much for watching us. We really, really appreciate it. Don't forget, like this video, subscribe to all of the things. I mean, they really help us out. So if you could let us know that you enjoyed this content, we would really appreciate it. It would help us out a lot. So go to drdshow.net. That's our website. All sorts of cool stuff there. You can get this, this t-shirt that I'm wearing for free. You can get this mug for free. All sorts of cool stuff. Stickers for free. drdshow.net slash refer. Go there. Check it out today. Also, go to uh, send us an email at trdshow at protonmail.com. We're looking forward to hearing from you. And until then... Well, um, you know, we'll see you on Friday. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord.